0: welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street.
1: A monstrous podcast about all things horror.
0: If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials, or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash a nightmare on fear street, or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at.
1: All right, today we're covering Sean of the Dead.
0: This is a special episode out because lucy was very witty on our facebook when we had up a contest for Trent's birthday and everybody voted and lucy won um <laughs> this is one of the movies that lucy loves <laughs> so that's what brings us all here today we make it on our promises play with you us do. on social media <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go all right lucy welcome to the show
0: thank you guys um, for having me
1: Yeah, so, okay, let's start where we start for everyone with, what is your favorite scary movie?
2: Ooh, well, again, I'm sure you get this every episode. It's, like, kind of hard to pick any favorite, but I've settled on Shaun of the Dead, probably because, um, I think some of your other guests have said this, I'm not, like, I'm a little squeamish and don't love blood and gore as much more of the thrillers, psychological thrillers, um, and I think I also just love movie making, and I'm, like, a huge movie nerd, I'm a theater teacher in Newark, New Jersey. So I love mixing genres and kind of parody and all that stuff. So I realized that horror comedy is probably where more I live. Uh, So Shaun of the Dead was actually like the first movie that I watched that I was like, oh, you can do both. It's it's very hard to do, but you can like be funny and be scary. And so that's why I picked, yeah, Shaun of the Dead is probably my (laughs) first introduction to the genre. And my favorite from what I could remember what well, the last time I saw it was probably 15 years ago before this recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so horror comedy is kind of your favorite sub genre. Um, do you remember like, what is your, what was your horror origin story? Like, where did you get it? How did you get caught up into the horror, even the horror comedies and stuff like that?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone's had, like, those sleepovers where they watched, like, horror maybe a little too young, so I feel like I was traumatized at a young age of, like, a fourth grade sleepover watching I Know What You Did Last Summer and, like, some guy gets stabbed through, like, the back of the head or something, and I was like, "Ah, this is terrible, I'm never gonna watch horror again, um, but the, as I grew up, and again, being a theater teacher in Newark, and maybe this is just high schoolers in general, like they love horror, and they're always like, "Oh, Miss Sam, you gotta see this! You gotta see!" Like they're always talking about horror films, so they're kind of educating me. But when I my memory of actually seeing *Shaun of the Dead* was, I got accepted into College of William and Mary, which is where I ended up going, and they had, you know, one of those like student admittance weekends. And we had like a host who was like, cool, you can like stay in a college dorm. And I'm like a high school senior. This is so cool. And she was like, (laughs) we went to a party. I was like, oh my God, there's like alcohol, but it's like cool if I don't drink it. These guys are so cool. And then she was like, oh, and we're just going to stay up until like five in the morning. And we're just going to like go into an academic building. And go into a classroom and use one of the projectors and we're going to watch Shaun of the Dead and I was like this is so cool this is what college is like you can just like break into <laughs> academic buildings and yeah and I think that really and, and actually listening to your podcast has honestly been part of my journey of being like oh yeah there are a lot of like subgenres. which duh I should have known that but I, I think when people think horror at least a novice more like myself you think like blood and guts and just gross out like girls screaming covered in blood you know and I I love that they they, I feel like your podcast has taught me that there's so much more to it and again talking more about the intersectionality and how we can do better in the future I'm like oh I do like you know a quiet place including someone who's hard of hearing uh you know promising young woman i didn't even really think of as horror but you guys covered it and i listened to it and i was like i'm obsessed with this movie so great uh but yeah i feel like it's still i'm sure everyone says this is like an ongoing journey but i'm really enjoying listening to your podcast and being educated
1: love it love it yeah <laughs> i do go. i do feel like especially in the 80s we were the horror really got stuck in that kind of blood guts and girls naked girls running everywhere in the woods and tripping and falling and (laughs)
0: listen
2: Honestly, like, I don't know if you all are interested in, like, covering, you know, like, Friday the 13th or, like, any of those old school horror movies. Like, now, as an adult, I find them kind of funny because they're not super gross, right? But, special effects are not there. And it's, like, so over-the-top, like, almost campy soap opera acting where they're just like, what? And then they get (laughs) stabbed and they're, you know, half-naked what is it? Uh, Johnny Depp gets killed early on in in one movie. Uh, Nightmare on night night. Elm Street. Well, yeah, he uh, dies for the yeah. Oh, yeah. and then uh, Kevin Bacon I know dies in Friday yeah. the
1: Thirteenth. Yeah. yeah.
2: So you're just like, wow, so many like hotties with a body who are just there to like get killed really early on.
0: You're like, okay. <laughs> it, it's a confusing thing because a lot of them are like, I don't know how to act yet, but this is a check. Here's oh, my absolutely. shirt. Stab me. And I'm like, what were? Were y'all all right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, that's one of my favorite games though. I'll be watching old like horror movies and got one time I know I messaged Sheree when I was watching Friday the 13th part 7 or something and I was like Fitz from uh, Scandal is in Friday the 13th
0: Fitz <laughs> gets around I mean I don't know how you tell me <laughs> a president of anything or for Olivia but <laughs> <it> he gets around
2: <laughs> right I think wasn't Jennifer Aniston in like one of the leprechauns Lepricot,
1: yeah the first yeah, one
2: like know it's a paycheck and I feel like horror again gets a bad rap I think acting wise and like I love talking about this in Shaun of the Dead because did you guys there was a tv show in like 2006 that was called Scream Queens and it was like a Mm -hmm. reality show yes did you all all watch that that I watched it
1: yeah I
2: was like laughing slash so amazed (laughs) slash like this is insane like because you don't again I think uh horror as a genre you guys know gets like a bad rap and as far as acting goes like they're just like oh you just have to like scream and be scared but that that show kind of showed me like how hard is it to like be scared when they're like here's your mark and here's where like you know the bloody goblin is gonna jump out at you or whatever and you have to like pretend that this terrible cgi thing is actually scary or whatever like (laughs) yeah and these poor girls my god they were like screaming their heads off i was like honey like you you poor thing <laughs> no. I
0: would have a headache <laughs> and like also a cold because you're always drowning or you're always covered in a bucket of blood you're oh like God. <laughs> or in syrup and God knows what yeah yeah <laughs> look the, real. Te- the technical aspects alone I like I can't do this um <laughs> and you want me to act in this no no, like,
1: no. <laughs> no well and to act like like you're in that much pain because I know that like the girl that won that a series you got a a role in the next saw movie yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: and i if you this isn't a spoiler because she's one of the first victims but like she's the one where jigsaw is making her cut out her own flesh to like weigh the sins of her past or something like that and i was like (laughs) how yeah no how do you even imagine how that much that hurts
2: yeah No, I don't know if you guys have heard, again, I'm, like, such a movie nerd, so I feel like I'll drop stuff like this all the time. You know, Bradley Cooper, in the first Hangover movie, he gets um, tasered or whatever. And, like, the the director of that movie was like, oh, do you guys, like, want to actually get tasered so, like, you know what it's like or whatever? And Bradley Cooper was like, no, I'm just going to act. Like, I'll just act. (laughs) And so, like, knowing that he's never actually been tasered slash he's not actually being tasered in the movie. Like, Bradley Cooper, like, you see the veins bulging out. He's, like, red-faced. You're like, yeah, you don't need to... Again, I've been binging more of your episodes in preparation for this. Like, Sheree being like, you don't need to, like, torture your actors in order to get good performances out of them. Like, poor Shelley Duvall, like, oh. PTSD. And then, honestly, like, I was totally with you guys. And I was like, I saw this movie and I was like, I don't get it. I don't get the hullabaloo. I was I like... But again, as a horror novice, I'm like, clearly I'm not getting something because I i don't claim to be like an expert. You guys are the experts. So I'm like, oh, you're the experts and you say it's garbage. Then
0: I'm like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> there are a lot of supposed classics, which is really the Emperor's Clothing and nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, and, I, and I will say most of the people that come to The Shining's defense so strongly are usually Chad's. So, uh, <laughs>
0: yes. yes, because yeah. they can separate the art from the, the artist and they need you to tell them that this is great because they have to be right. And it's like, it's not great. You can like it. I'm not saying you can't like it. I'm saying you should recognize what this director did. I mean, don't borrow those methods, but I'm not saying you can't like it. I'm saying I don't like it. And I don't and like the director and I can't separate the art from the artist. Why does that make you seek me out on social yeah. media?
2: And i you have talking- a life? <laughs> Talking about bad special effects I had totally forgotten you guys mentioned Frozen Jack Nicholson at the end and I had to google it because I was like how have I not seen this gif used more often like I was like this is like comedy level performance which is maybe what I'm sure we're going to talk about in a second like the line between comedy and horror is so thin that you can really see how difficult it is to like navigate that and that old horror movies that were super serious are now like laughable and then yes. when trying to be funny is it scary or is it more like slapstick like oh this is super you know cheesy or whatever it's like crazy right.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of things that became camp that never set out to be camp um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: which I love I love going to like drag brunch or something and it's like quotes from like whatever happened to baby Jane
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's get down into Shaun of the Dead so we're going to start with just some General thoughts before we get into like nitpicking specific things about plot or character or whatever. So,
2: I mean, I'm sure this is probably gonna be colored throughout my thoughts, but like, again, we just mentioned COVID as we're like inching back to normal, which again, who knows what that even means after COVID. It's like wild to kind of watch this movie through the lens of a pandemic epidemic, and I'm sure we're gonna see with zombie slash movies going forward just how that's gonna be but just seeing it from like this was made in 2004 before any of this was even you know a glimmer in anyone's eye uh of just the kind of the slow burn of like oh what's going on or like you know in the corner of your eye like we know what's gonna happen and we're kind of like waiting for sean to like be aware of what's going on and just kind of the uh craziness of the slow roll of a pandemic and kind of the, the fervor and craziness that comes after that. i like, woo, uh,
0: right. agreed. And also because we're in a pandemic now when I'm watching zombie movies, because back in the day I'd be like, people aren't that dumb, they wouldn't do that. And now I'm like, oh no, this would totally happen. <laughs> so, yeah, this people is totally the way this would go though. down. Yeah. Oh God.
1: No, this film was not a film for survivors. I was like, every decision you make, I was like, what are you doing? Why are you going to a bar? Like, <laughs> every decision that you make <laughs> <laughs> they do not want to live <laughs>
0: it was like this is not gonna end well for most of these people <laughs> clearly no
2: I-, I think the first time i watched this i was again i was barely in college i was like that seems like a good idea because i was like it's got food and drink and like maybe it'd be sturdy of course if that we're talking logistics but like if that one guy hadn't broken the window maybe it would have been better but again you guys are the experts of zombie lore and we'll get into it but I'm like it's just interesting to me I know in some movies like zombies are fast but clearly here they're slow and it's like would it have been better if they stayed in that second story apartment with Lucy Davis and all of them like that probably would have been better (laughs) he dragged them out
0: to their death I'm gonna just say it one more time I say it whenever zombies come up high ground people high ground because then the zombies have to take the stairs to get to you <laughs> and it's not going to work in their favor what <laughs> high ground um but yeah no he was like let's get to the bar and we'll have like some fish and chips and I was like I don't I I hmm. and actually speaking of high ground when I went
2: to William & Mary one of my fellow like theater dorks he was like a tech director he was like yeah I know exactly where we would go we would go like up the gr- to the grid of the theater and then onto the roof of the theater building like that. So yes. there's really no way that a zombie could get up there. And I was like, Tim, you have like thought this through. I'm definitely <laughs> gonna follow you.
0: <laughs> Listen, I would be on the roof of like a Tarjay. <laughs> and that way as the zombies starve to death or we found ways to uh, maneuver we can go down for more goods yeah. and more bottled water because who knows how long we're gonna be there. Like oh, we absolutely. are not in a country that responds quickly to things. So you right. have to have a plan. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. oh my no, I,
1: I said this in a previous episode that I don't think enough people have a plan for a zombie apocalypse. you need, we need you need to have a plan have a plan
2: well, and again, like this wasn't a zombie apocalypse, but clearly we all freaked out about toilet paper so it's like if <laughs> real like you know biological warfare goes down and then we're all eating each other, like I don't know
0: we're, this is not this is not bode well for us <laughs>
2: clearly, IRL we're not gonna do well.
0: No, I, I would not want to be in this country if a zombie apocalypse broke. I'd be like, I barely made it out with COVID, y'all. Like, I can't. <laughs>
1: right?
0: We are not the place to have an emergency. <laughs> Clearly not. The early odds were a wild time because people just insert awful things under the umbrella of humor, even though no one found it funny, including the actors. <laughs> Some of these things were just said. And I was like, why? Um, like the he touched me line that wasn't earned or justified. I get what he wanted Ooh. to do with that line. But there are other ways of getting your mother to leave the husband you hate. And even like Simon Pegg, he sort of threw it away and I like if nobody in this moment even believes this line should be there why aren't we doing it um but the one that got me the one that broke me the one that I will die on a hill for to have an issue with <laughs> is the use of oh the n-word my God. for no
2: reason no I, I was telling my husband because of course I was looking at your note Sheree, before I watched it yesterday and my husband was like they say the n-word and I think the problem is I bet a lot of us have been if you watch it maybe once in theaters or on yeah. a dvd or whatever it's on tv a lot so mm. you don't see the N-word usage. And at the end, it's so casual. And I put in my notes, for what it's worth, Sheree, like in their defense, but totally not, That I put subtitles on and it was with an A-Z on end. Yeah. So clearly it's supposed to be like super casual. Like, and I'm like, no, that's not, oof. Kind of makes
1: it worse, really.
2: No, <laughs> Yeah. But I was just like, I also thought it was very interesting that clearly the subtitler was either instructed to do that or was like, I'm going to try to- Make it yeah. better
0: by putting an I. I've never seen an AZ A Z no. as a subtitle choice. That was very interesting. Listen, because originally I didn't have subtitles on, and he got out of the card and said that, and I was like, "Whoop!" and I rewound it. I <laughs> <laughs> put my subtitles on because I'm like, yeah. I made that up. I didn't just hear that.
1: Yeah, and then yeah. I oh. saw it,
0: and I was like, one more time, just to make sure, because sometimes yeah. subtitles are wrong. Sometimes my hearing's not great, and like, no, that really happened because I. I don't love horror comedies, but I do love British humor. So I was on that fine line of it's okay. Um, especially because like horror comedies, like any other comedy, you have to like see it the second it wraps filming or the jokes start oh. expiring. Yes, right. absolutely. I say that as a read to all writers, especially myself, because I am a little Miss Pop Culture. And like if you're not there that's at the twenty-five play Playfest where it goes up, <laughs> you don't care about this joke. <laughs> and that is <laughs> that is a real thing. But the N-word was never gonna be funny. Um, yeah. Oh. Well,
1: and, you know, another thing for the early aughts, the very, like, whatever is name, Ed, is that his name? The friend, yeah, the, yeah,
2: yeah, Nick Frost's character, yeah, yeah.
1: his last line is a gay joke.
2: Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was kind of sad. I, I, and again, like, it, like I don't want to, like, defend the early aughts, but it does sort of seem like it, in some ways, I'm like, we really have come a long way because it doesn't feel that long ago because, like, you know, I was in high school in 04 whenever this movie came out but the fact that this joke has so aged not well. Like, I feel like even at the time I would have been like, maybe like, ah, but also like awkward because you're in high school and like, I don't know, humor is so much like what you watch and what you consume slash what your friends say and do. So I feel like I, at least I'm impressed that I'm like, yeah, this movie hasn't aged well. And, and maybe that's the, the, the littlest baby silver lining of this. Obviously I was like, really guys, we could, we could do
0: better than that, but- <laughs> Agree, and again, like this was an era where people were always doing something homophobic or transphobic, because I remember as a kid watching Gilmore Girls, and I wouldn't understand because I didn't have a vocabulary for transphobia, but some of those jokes, I was like, that's not funny. I don't know why that's there. I feel wrong. Yes. But again, when you're a kid, you're like, I don't know why I feel wrong. Maybe it's just a bad joke. And then when you're an adult, yeah. you're like, oh no, Amy, I'm going to tell Adino, how dare you?
1: So yeah. for me, the two MVPs of this film... Mm-hmm were lucy davis who the yeah. whole at the beginning i was like who i know her i know who yes. is she and i had to, i had to look her up on imdb and i was like oh right. that's who that is because she's she looks a little different in in, in like 20 years later yeah uh, not exactly 20 but i, I was like
0: that's hilda that's hilda yeah. that's <laughs> like in all of my friend groups i'm the zelda <laughs> No matter the friend, like, <laughs> always the dog. but I, I thought that's Hilda. That's always my sister in these friend groups. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I loved her and uh, Penelope Wilton, who I love from Downton Abbey. I saw her and I was like, I love her so much. I just want to say, like,
2: you look at the IMDb for this movie and I'm sure we can get into it now or later that like, I was like, even the, when they run into friend and they have clearly like the twin group of their own group you're like oh there's martin freeman and there's Tamson greg from episodes with matt leblanc and there's uh matt lucas who was uh rebel wilson's brother in bridesmaids he has a wig so it's like hard to recognize him but you're just like oh wow this is like a stacked cast it's amazing (laughs)
0: it's wild because also Bill Nighy is there and yes. like oh I had forgotten he was the stepdad I was like oh damn nice when he appeared I'm like am I watching the right movie is Bill <laughs> Nighy doing horror comedy in the early aughts <laughs> I feel like
2: he he did love actually and that kind of at least for me can put him on the map so I wonder if he was just like yeah I'll do I'll do anything I mean he's great I love him
0: like there's this play and I've not seen it in a while um it was filmed in Britain I want to say it was the National Theater but again it's been forever but he is doing this three-person play and it's called Skylight and I was like good sir you are an artist because we see him a lot and we see to do mostly serious things I but like this was like oh my god yes and I've never seen that recording again and I want to but like even the cameos in this movie were ridiculous because Chris Martin is there and I'm like Coldplay? Is that yeah, you? Right? And a cameo oh, talking about zombies on TV
2: eight or whatever.
0: Yeah. If you look at the MV he's also
2: credited as a zombie so he must be like a horror movie fan was like just put me in dumb makeup and I'll like groan and do all that <laughs> stuff or whatever. Um and going back to the movie for a second I think I, I agree with you I think Trent you wrote that it was like kind of a slow burn which part of me was like do I like this do I not like this because part of me was like I guess that's sort of building the tension and the fact that like obviously we're watching this movie it's called Shaun of the Dead even if you didn't for some reason watch a trailer before watching this like you know what it's gonna be and they set it up right away of like really like fluorescent lighting and everyone's kind of moving like a zombie so it's very much like hint hint wink wink the whole time but yeah it was like 30 minutes until like the actual apocalypse happened I felt like it would have been like half the time it would have been maybe a little bit faster but again maybe that's just my 2021 brain that's just like YouTube and TikTok videos that are like 90 seconds that my attention span isn't as good
1: Yeah, it was just, it was a little slow for me, just kind of, yeah, it's 30 minutes before, like, action really starts starts to get going. Yeah. And I was like, can we just get to that a little bit sooner? And then I think would have, yeah.
0: Agreed. And I think part of that is because usually by nature, zombie movies are a little bit slower. Not everything's a train to boost on. So by nature, they're a little bit slower, um, but comedy you have to be fast that's part of most of the humor very few people can do a slow comedic situation yeah and so I feel like those two genres were fighting each other and that's why it was like am I having fun am I not having fun am I engaged am I on Facebook I'm- Yeah, <laughs> <I'm so> totally. <late. laughs> well and
2: I think for me like I don't know about you guys but like I again I was like oh no I know there's gonna probably be problematic stuff because I haven't seen this movie in like 15 years <laughs> Uh, I know Sheree's gonna call it out, which I'm glad you did. Uh, But I was like, oh, I think the things that I really remember are the comedy moments. So when I was rewatching it, I think part of it was maybe the comedy didn't hit for much as me because I remembered it so well, like being like, Mm. oh, you know, thinking that the girl is drunk instead of being a zombie or, you know, like uh, all the different stuff that I was like, oh, it's not quite as as funny as I remember but also there's that element of surprise that you need for comedy so obviously if I know it's coming it's not and it definitely had that very subtle British humor though Sheree that I appreciate so I did just kind of find myself laughing when they were like yeah, sorry your roommates are like total buggers. Sorry about that. And they're like sitting right there. Like I had totally forgotten that whole opening. So you're like, "Oh, that's cute." Like that sort of like I'm going to talk shit about you and you're literally sitting right there and they're like, "No, you're right.
0: Uh, I am a shitty roommate." <laughs> like that's great. I live for those kind of moments because I I love British humor, which is why I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this one because again, love British humor, hate most horror comedies. I'm <laughs> I- I don't understand I was like this is go either way <laughs>
1: yeah
0: I, um but like those moments those are the moments that I am mostly more familiar with Simon Pegg those little like throwaways right to people's faces <laughs> um and that little like dark humor and so like when it appeared in this movie I was like yay but then I'd be waiting around for the next moment and it would I I, I don't know I don't know I guess we'll unpack that though
1: yeah <laughs> I think for me what sets this apart from other horror comedies that I really, really, I, this is getting a little bit into my hot takes so I don't want to go too far into it, but like, I liked this more than I thought I would, but I think that where this falls a little short from other horror comedies that I really do enjoy is that I didn't like any of the characters. Mm. I was like, you're all kind of just terrible. (laughs) Besides Diane and Barbara, I was like, you're all just kind of, I don't, I don't know. I (laughs) don't know.
0: And I love terrible characters, which is why I was like, mm-hmm. I wanted to see where this goes. Um, because like, nobody's likable in the real world. Like we try to be, but like, we're all kind of assholes at the end of the day, <laughs> which is how we make our bonds. All of us a little bit
2: selfish.
1: Yeah, um, and
2: I <laughs> wonder if that's like the British humor thing too. Cause you know, like
0: the mm-hmm. British office,
2: I feel like Americans sometimes find too cringy cause it's like, wow, the boss is like even worse and prob- more problematic than Michael Scott is. And just like everyone... everything is just so much drier and so much more as you said I think realistic in some ways so actually I didn't mind that I didn't like any of the characters either because then it was like well I know all of them pretty much are gonna die so then it was like actually okay (laughs) when they did
1: maybe that's what it is because I'm not a huge British comedy fan I I do get into it a little bit but I'm not like I don't love it it's hit or miss for me
0: yeah it's too dark for you like I wouldn't I'm not surprised you don't love British comedy (laughs) nor what I know about you (laughs) I mean
2: I just sort of love and again like I know Sheree as a writer I just sort of like thought it was so cute all of like the callbacks and the foreshadowing and just like I just wanted to call that out because I just thought that was so like cute and fun and like again my I'm not a a writer per se but I'm a theater teacher and I you know read a lot of plays and stuff I'm always like oh, you know, Ed, you should go live out in the shed or, you know, like next time I see you, you'll be dead. Or someone even pointed out when I was like looking at articles about this, that when uh, Ed is like, we're going to go get a Bloody Mary and then do this, this, and this, it's like everything that happens (laughs) in the movie. So like the character, the, the woman who's, stumbling in their backyard is named Mary so you're like oh that that was kind of close I don't know I kind of appreciated those little hat tips so those were kind of almost like chuckle moments to me that they were like coming full circle in a way I thought that was cute
0: no it's a very it's a very tight script like everything makes sense um whatever they wanted they they definitely got it it just it's one of those times where it's like it's like when you go out with somebody and on paper they're perfect but like you don't want to see them again and so yeah. they're like, please, this is my number, but you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right. it's like yeah. a one time thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. I was like, that it was like a good Friday. We had tacos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great time. And the,
1: the, the, the references were really fun and really smart. Like, there was a line when um, Sean is talking to his mom, and she's like, you don't have to come here. It's fine. And he's like, we're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Night of living dead. I love it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and then I think at one point, uh, my husband, Steve, even pointed out that when he's working in his electronics store or whatever, he was like, Ash is taking the day off or something. And he was like, isn't that- Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead reference. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's clearly like an homage to the genre, which I think is what I like about horror comedy is that when you can kind of hat tip to the original and if you're a fan of it, you're like, ooh, I caught that little Easter egg. That's- Right,
1: right. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into just some specific notes about the film.
2: Yeah, um, well, just to kind of piggyback off of some of the problematic things, I don't know if you guys caught the little um, black baby with the sombrero on top of it. It's Mm -hmm. for anyone listening. uh, It's pretty early on. I think it's the first time we see Ed like sitting on the couch and like they pan across the um, coffee table or whatever and you're just like, wait, like that was a moment. And apparently, even in the DVD commentary, Simon Pegg is like, "Well, that's a lovely piece of racist shit." Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and like, I, I had like extensive conversations about my husband about this black baby with sombrero on top because I was like, who, like, clearly it disappears from the movie. It's only in that one shot. Continuity, be damned. It never shows up again. And but we were just like, who, like. Uh, like some set dresser some like prop master (laughs) was like this is gonna be in their apartment like this needs to like be front and center and I was just like even in 2004 I feel like someone well and clearly I maybe after the first shot they were like who the fuck put this here like and then they threw (laughs) it away
1: like they were just
2: like wow, you couldn't re, I mean, maybe they were on a budget. They're like, we can't reshoot it. And actually I think Edgar Wright even said that they CGI'd it out of the American release. So watching, I was like, maybe this is the first time I saw it because maybe I saw it in American release, they didn't uh, have it there. But I was just like, that's a fun little, not so fun Easter egg for
0: anyone (laughs) listening at home. I'm glad you pointed that out though, because that baby with the sombrero in the zombies are the only people of color you see in this movie. Yeah. Like, not even supporting cast. I have mean, people who just randomly work behind him. Um, no brown person had a line other than, oh, oh <laughs> I was a zombie. <laughs> and I was like, uh, hello, Simon. This is me calling. Um, <laughs> did you? You did know, you think I know you guys me? are
2: British and like upper crust, whatever, but black people do exist
0: in England. <laughs> and we're in London. I was there for a few whole days. Yeah, And I was not alone.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then going on to like
2: and I'd actually be interested to hear your thoughts, uh, both of you and Trent, because I know you brought it up, that they apparently Simon Peck and Nick Frost made like a COVID PSA last year that kind of replicated that scene on the phone where they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, go pick up my mom, do this, do this, blah, blah, blah. And then at one point they say gay, just like in response to I forget what. So instead they just say gray in the new 2020 version And then Simon Pegg responded with this. He said, I see what you're doing. I know it's 2020, but the original joke wasn't intended as homophobic. It was more of a comment on the absurdity of straight male appropriation of homophobic signifiers in order to denote their aversion to emotional candidness. I know that was a mouthful, but I'm just curious, like your thoughts on that. And I, that nuance of like trying to be like, oh, we're actually making fun of racist or making fun of sexist or homophobic people as opposed to you know the marginalized yeah,
1: community. I, for for me, I mean he I mean he kind of made made it the point himself by like using these you know 50 point scrabble words to tell us why this wasn't offensive. Mm-hmm. When really if you've got if you've got to use all these fancy words to tell me why this isn't offensive then maybe you're doing too much
0: yeah. or maybe
1: it's not clear. You know, <laughs> like That's it's true. not racist because I'm trying to show racism in the light of day, but like if it's coming off as racist, it's coming off as racist. If it's coming off as homophobic, and anytime you use a gay, like the word gay in the place of like bad or wrong or dumb or whatever, then it's being homophobic.
0: From a writer's standpoint, he took an easy joke because back then people were saying that instead of doing something different and smarter. Sure. And yeah. that never works out and you can't be like well it's satire because right. if you really wanted satire you would have hired someone from that community to help you like push through that through line you're saying is what you really want yeah, it now that you've called out for it. it yeah mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. be like i want to talk about how straight men don't have emotions and i want to talk about it through this lens therefore we need to bring in a writer who to help us navigate that and, um and
1: it was never brought up before that it wasn't no. like a theme an ongoing theme it was like in that last moment they had this really touching. Goodbye. He says, I love you. And he just says, gay.
0: Yeah, he had the most random lines because he also was the one that dropped the N-word. And I don't know why that character was the one that's like, I'm going to be the randomly offensive one because it came out of nowhere. He was a couch potato who worked at a bar. So why is he the one that had both of these lines that are the problem? And he's also one of the co-writers. And so I just, did we think we would get away with it? Did we think that it was going to be funny someday, even though it wasn't back then? (laughs) Like, I I wonder if if their justification is
2: like, well, Ed is clearly like the problematic character in the sense that, you know, he's the fuck up and he's like, you know, a slob and all these things. So they're just kind of, yeah, like dogpiling all of these other things that they can put on. And again, for what purpose? to expose what, whatever that long-winded thing I read a minute ago was or <laughs> just because of sheer laziness of like oh he's a fat schlob so he's probably like homophobic yeah. and uh, you know xenophobic or whatever you're like okay that yeah I agree it's it's super lazy and you're just like okay that's yeah the, we can do better. Even in 2004, I think we can do better. Because, to be fair, like I think in 2004, like people at my high school would say stuff like that. But it's like people at my high school are not writing like Hollywood movies. So exactly. I feel like if you're at that level, maybe you should do and, a better than a 16-year-old. Right.
1: And this film <laughs> and this film is not set in a high school. These are adults.
2: Exactly. No, I 100. <laughs> it's just like, and again, like for the small silver lining that it is, I'm just like, wow, it's it's actually astonishing to me that this is in this movie because I totally forgot it and I wonder if at the time I thought it was fine you know like this is just me unfortunately through my like cis privileged white lens that I'm like I probably didn't even think about it because that wasn't like in an unfortunate you know I'm, I'm trying to learn I'm trying to grow but like I was you know in my little white straight bubble that I probably didn't even think about that
0: stuff but I'm glad that I'm starting to and he was too and he should have owned that because again like this is this is the language that was happening at the time for high schoolers and so as the writer you get to say let's not do that let's do something smarter let's do something not offensive that's all writing really is is you hearing how people are problematic around you (laughs) and taking those conversations and like making them not as traumatic so you can talk about what is happening and what is bothering you. Never. And Simon Pegg chose not. <laughs> and, and then came back and was like, my reasons, like, just own it, just own it. Just be like, you know what? I had not started my journey. I am now doing better. I am rehabilitating. We're good.
1: Yeah, and if you're going to make, I mean, I, cause I don't mind the statement being made that heterosexual males, cis males have... A hard time expressing emotions because that's quote unquote gay but like you need to have someone in there that knows how to navigate that people your viewers because I mean I'm sure yeah. even at the time a gay person watched this film and was hurt by that and but didn't want to say anything about it because 2004 and literally everyone's saying it so they could you he, he missed an opportunity to be an ally as opposed to just being a quote unquote mirror or something, you know what I mean? Or
2: you're just perpetuating the problem. And (laughs) I actually think I was thinking about this as I was typing my notes yesterday that like even Dave Chappelle, you know, stopped doing the Chappelle show after two seasons because even as a black man, he was worried. He's like, am I commenting on black stereotypes or doing satire or am I just perpetuating these uh, stereotypes? Because there clearly were people and that's an interesting conversation to have too about like, once you put your art out there, your intention is only so much. Like you said, like, oh, I'm trying to justify that this isn't homophobic, but clearly people are taking it as that. It was probably the same. I don't really remember because I, I wasn't watching it when it was on the air, but Dave Chappelle, I think was getting feedback from like either clan members or people very of that ilk who were like, yeah, we agree that black people are like this. And he's like, are you not getting that this is a comedy is show? Like, working? <laughs> yeah. So like, there is like this weird, like, again, as an artist, like you want to try to, you know, put out good things in the world, but then you're like, oh, but separating the art from the artist or separating, you know, just the art from the, I guess audience member it's like a whole other I don't know it's a whole other thing yeah
0: weirdly enough the jokes that weren't offensive I thought were technically set up well Uh, again I (laughs) I I wasn't like busting a gut but I can see the technical strings being pulled and I can see the setups and like again the tie-ins and the callbacks and so like That and pacing, I think, work for this movie, even though, again, I wouldn't take it out again. Um, I see see the work, and the the work is not bad from a technical standpoint for the things that are not offensive.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I agree. The scene that worked the best for me, I think we've already touched on it a little bit earlier, but when he's going to the very beginning, he's going to the store, Mm -hmm. and you see all the zombies around him, but he's so oblivious and like blinders on that it's just, he's not like slipping on blood on the floor. and like,
2: Yes, I noticed that. I was like, because they never pan down, but you're like, he clearly just slipped in blood. Like when he's right. in, the, in the bodega or wherever he is, like right. the little, yeah, corner and, store.
1: And that was really fun to watch that kind of unravel around him and not him just being oblivious. Because let's be honest, Sean was oblivious for like 95% of this movie.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um
1: That was a really fun scene. I really enjoyed that one.
2: Well, and the fact that they, and maybe that was why it was so long, like, that setup, because they set up, like, him going to work, and then it was, like, literally a parallel scene, like, 20 minutes later of, now the zombie apocalypse happened, like, there was a black man washing his car, and then now we're walking by the same car, and there's, like, a hole punched through the windshield, like, like, you know, we're walking into the bodega, the, the little, um, southeast asian man who was there isn't there and he's like oh i just i owe you 15p i'll come back later and then yeah he goes to get the soda and there's like two bloody handprints on the thing like they do a great job of like and again i i appreciate the the setup of that but i wonder if they could have been a little less precious and just like trimmed it a little
1: bit i think the stuff i would have trimmed was before that like him going to work him like everything before that i think could have really been like two minutes (laughs)
2: yeah yeah i agree that's why i I think that's what i meant the first 30 minutes somewhere they could have trimmed the
0: fat a little bit so to speak some darlings could have been drowned there for sure yeah Uh, (laughs) um (laughs) i i love queen and so each song that used each needle drop i was like oh my god it's like don't stop me now um i i especially love the one that was used when they were in the bar fighting the ultimate zombie <laughs> as people were dying and he was like kill the queen and that's my kind of like british humor <laughs> yeah. <Kill the> queen. <laughs> tying in with the queen and so i was like that this is probably one of my favorite moments of this movie <laughs> because well, and you have- still, like just from a nerdy
2: musical standpoint yeah you're like the fact that it's syncopated to the beat they're hitting like this old <laughs> man with like cool cubes like it's a great like yeah anyone listening if you just want to like google that scene don't stop me now Shaun of the dead that's probably like one of easily one of the best scenes and probably one of the most memorable but you're just like yes. oh this is fun because and again i'm sure you guys have talked about this but i love jordan peele you know is such a big like horror comedy fan and horror comedy like i think he said it best. So I want to give him credit, but I, whatever he said basically was like that horror and comedy are both kind of the same ilk and that they're both building up tension. And then it's just how you dissipate that tension is like the yes. difference. So that's kind of what's fun to me about the mixing of the genre. Cause it's really towing that line between like, am I laughing or am I screaming or being like, Oh, you know, or whatever kind of scary <laughs> reaction I'm having. And for me, like, I'm such a scaredy cat that I was sort of like, oh, this is actually, like, sadder and more scary than I remember. Like, not actually scary, but, like, yeah. like oh, my God. Like, I know what's going to happen, but I'm still, like, upset that things are happening and that <laughs> there wasn't as much comedy to break it up as I would have liked. But it felt earned. I don't know. It was, yeah. I it was
0: a fun balance. Like, they definitely do a pretty great job of setting up this antihero that's doing so badly in life that we're not sure he's going to make it, and we're not sure if him making it is the ultimate win. Um, Yeah, we're like, I mean, as Trent said, he's
2: like, none of these characters are likable, so is it, like, a win or a loss if we lose all of them or not? I mean, we could, I don't know if this is a hot, my hot take a little bit, but I think it's interesting. My husband pointed out watching it, he was like, so this whole movie, like, no one really changes, right? So often in movies, it's like, you know, did they, are they a save the cat or kill the cat moment? And do they like then progress in some sort of way either for the better or the worse? And it's like, I think no one really changed except pretty much everyone's dead except for his girlfriend and him uh, and Ed in the shed. And I was like, yeah, I think this whole movie was just like saved his relationship with his girlfriend. Like (laughs) if this apocalypse hadn't happened, like he wouldn't have won her back and she might have started dating adult Harry Potter, you know, like, (laughs) no,
0: I, I, again, nobody changes. And that's very realistic because how often do we change? Uh, Like, especially in the span of this zombie apocalypse, which is like, what, two weeks tops? uh,
2: Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like nobody changes from two weeks. <laughs> yeah. like, we say we will, but we don't. And so right. I, I love realism, even when it's just snuck in that way.
1: Yeah. the uh, The only thing I would say the only the only moment that I was like, okay, I, I feel emotions right now, and this is something that like all the characters kind of pulled away from. But the moment when Barbara reveals that she's been bit and she's dying. That was really touching, the scene with her and Sean. And then the whole argument between Sean and, as you said, adult Harry Potter. Adult Harry Potter. <laughs> were, <laughs> yeah, was was just very telling. And I thought that was kind of a, a meaningful moment. And I liked that a lot. Yeah.
2: I laughed. <laughs> I I was like, so that's an interesting question I have for you guys, because you're more of the experts than me. I feel like there is this line of like, there's so much gravitas in so many horror movies because it's literally life or death stakes. And I feel like it's so interesting to me when I watch some movies and I laugh because I'm like, this is so soapy or it's so ridiculous. I guess it's just like, you just got to have really good actors and writing to kind of sell it because otherwise it's just so ridiculous and stupid. Or as as you said, like, I think that's my hot take, uh, Trent pretty much was that I was like, this is very emotionally grounded. And all of the characters felt, even if I didn't love them as people, I was like, oh, even like uh, Bill Nye when he's like having that touching moment with Simon Pegg and being like, you know, I was just hard on you because I didn't want you to give up because you had lost your father. And I was just like, and Simon Pegg cries at least like five times in this movie, it seems like. And I was like, go Simon Pegg. Like, I didn't really think of you as like a, you know, heavy lifting actor. Usually you're like (laughs) quippy tech guy in the Mission Impossible movies, but he's like really like bringing the heat.
0: I was impressed. Yeah, no, like that's my last note actually is- this movie makes you want to check on Simon Pegg to see what he's doing today and if he's correcting some of these issues or if he's still doing these issues and then coming back after the fact being like oh no. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> well, once he finished what was it the Cornetto
2: which is like the ice cream brand that the trilogy movies, I don't know if he's really like written or directed really. It seems like he's more just asked to like again be in mission impossible eight or whatever number you're on right now. <laughs> again get that paper you know yes. like
0: <laughs> yes show up do the least <laughs> go home <laughs> that's my motto go team <laughs> yeah yeah
2: i mean i i, I had to of course loose of uh, lucy davis who they very casually mention i never called her a failed actor and then that comes back when my and again my husband has seen this movie a couple times on tv and he was like for some reason this scene is cut out a lot of times is lucy davis like coaching them on how to be a zombie (laughs) which i was like this is like one of the funniest parts of the movie because this is literally something i have thought about as a novice horror person and i'm like would it work if you pretended to be a zombie can the zombies smell your blood? I don't know what the lore is a lot of times in that, but I just love that Lucy Davis was like great commitment on the vocal work. That was so lovely. Yes. Just like really, she was just like, and I was like, this feels so much like my real life. I teach in Newark, New Jersey, where most of my students do not want to be in my class. And so I'm like trying to pull out of them, just like, you know, read read something in front of the class. And I'm like, just trying to find ways to compliment them cause they're just like, I don't want to be here. I hate this. So I love how she's just like, you can do it and great. Like she's just uh, such a theater <laughs> moment. I loved it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so talking about the the lore of zombies, I mean, of course it, diff- it differs from- Yeah, d- but I'm taste. just
0: curious
2: if there is like, you know, but apparently vampires sometimes sparkle, but most of the time they don't. So like what is the generally accepted lore? Generally zombies are slow. Uh can they smell blood? Would they be like your prey? Like
1: in most most iterations, zombies are attracted to sound. And they okay. can see and they can see things, of course, but yeah. like gunshots, explosions, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're all gonna be like, music. To you. Yeah. yeah um in the walking dead the series there is a part where they have to like walk with the zombies and act like a zombie but they also have to like cover themselves in nastiness to to smell and look, look like a zombie
0: yeah i think they have to walk through them and grow with all the gifts and is it 28 days later
1: it's been so long since I've watched. I want to rewatch that. It's been so long. It's such a good one, but.
0: We need to put that on the list because we we're in zombie heaven right now anyways. So you know, it's right? those out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, it's been so long, but I think that they also, I can't remember if they walked through them or if those were the runners because that might've been the first movie where I'm like, whoa, zombies run. I don't like this narrative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So it was like, uh, yeah, the, I think the
2: point of making them slow was that I was like, that's the only way that we have an advantage over them. Once you make them runners, it's like, we're done. We're, we're screwed. <laughs> right? I, <laughs> I did like, not write a bunch of zombies. Because I think Girl with All the Gifts, I read the book, I haven't seen the movie. Like,
0: I'm pretty sure the they're movie. vast. Yeah. yeah. I love the movie. Oh it, yeah, it's good. It, it might still be on HBO Max. It's lived there for a hot minute. Mm. If you if it's still up there, you should definitely. It, it was one of my favorite finds. I forgot why I was watching random stuff. I I never know my themes are anymore. Yeah. But I definitely watched it and I definitely loved it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, oh, dip.
2: Like, this is, this is intense. Like, again, I am such a squeamish person, but reading horror has been like my new thing. I don't know if you guys have heard of Mexican Gothic was a like buzzy horror movie that- or, sorry horror book that came out last year and they're making it into a mini series and it, it's takes place in Mexico it's an all Latina um writer's room so I'm really excited to see how they do That's that awesome. so I if yeah. you guys want to cover
0: that at some point I'd love to hear your thoughts definitely yeah. we're gonna add that to the list because we may or may not be starting a book club on our Patreon um they're still voting for a couple days yeah so we'll find out after this is up, um, yeah, right? well, before <laughs> this is up but after this is done recording yeah, we'll- yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah so there's lots of different lore with zombies but you can't walk the thing with this one them walking with the the other zombies were they just weren't good impersonators yeah i was like i would catch on really quickly well
2: and what's funny to me always and actually again i love talking about acting like it's always fun to me to see actors try to be bad actors like as their character so like Steve and I are watching the new Leverage Redemption and Noah Wiley is like the new lead character on the show but he plays like a New Orleans lawyer and he's supposed to you know help con these people so he's like playing characters and as the character Noah Wiley is like looking to the other person and being like am I doing a good job like as he's trying to act and so that's sort of what I love about this movie too where it's like Yeah, clearly, you know these professional actors—Simon Pegg, all Lucy Davis—they could all like be an amazing zombie if needed be. But they're like, okay, how would my you know character be? And they're just like, uh, you know, like, like, yeah, didn't the the mom made some weird like? I was like, what sort of zombie noises? She didn't really do
1: any. She just kind of made her own regular face. Yeah, yeah. Lucy Davis was 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 like, "That's great. You look great."
2: I wonder if, if Penelope was just like, yeah, I'm a, like, I don't know if she's been damned, but she probably should be. Like, she's a fantastic actress, been on Downton Abbey. I've seen her in Best Exotic uh, Marigold Hotel. Like, she's like, why am I in this movie? <laughs> i mean she's great and i love her and she i agree with you that she's definitely a bright spot in it because she's just like so sweet and being like do you want a cup of tea and you're just like we're so cute i love you
1: yeah so the the one logistics things that bugged me the most was okay so it's towards the end they're all in the bar the zombies are at the door trying to get in david or adult uh, harry potter goes and tries to turn off the the music But then the zombies bust through the back door. The old lady's there. So they're in this little like back room area. Why don't they ever, it takes them 30 minutes to get into this room. I was like, that would not take that long. That room is not that big. They would be into the bar, like main bar area pretty yeah.
2: And again, like what's interesting to me again is the lore of zombies. Maybe you can kind of bend it as like, okay, can zombies really like, work together? Are they kind of are their arms getting in each other's way as they're trying to like push through the you know when they finally break the window? It's like, how do they finally decide to break the window? I don't know, because maybe they're just like, what is this? And it takes them like 30 minutes to yeah. I, I mean I felt the same way too, but I was like, who knows? Like I don't think zombies are good team players. So they probably no. are like, no. what do all well, that team sports? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and a lot well a lot of time with zombies, especially the slow moving zombies, The scary part is when they are amassed in huge numbers. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what it is, is the pressure against the glass is going to break before the wood would break.
2: Oh, I see. Yeah. Cause they're just all pushing it. Yeah. yeah, it's true. A lone zombie is usually not scary. Cause you're like, yeah, I can, I can take you. Like if you're right. slow, uh, right. as long yeah. as you're slow, I can if take you.
1: you. If you run it, we get, we got some problems.
2: Yeah. Then I'm like, oh no, I can't outrun just a normal human. If you're like a super <laughs> fast zombie, then I'm dead. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> oh my God. And I kind of love the ending like I had totally forgotten like again I listened to in prep for this a couple of your episodes like like social commentary um horror I feel like is a genre maybe almost like with the get out us and I don't know I feel like it's slowly been evolving and maybe to be fair horror has always sometimes had social commentary just maybe more subtle than a get out but I kind of loved at the end it was I don't know maybe again with the COVID lens it was like here's a bunch of, like, reality TV and news reel at the very end of, like, you know, we can just have the zombies, like, push the carts and be essential <laughs> workers, like, I was, like, whoa, this seems very pointed of, like, you know, we, of course, said, oh, the first responders and teachers and everyone are amazing, and then we were, like, get back to work, why aren't you working, and it's, like, kind of insane that it was, like, or we could just make zombies do it, or we're just gonna, keep zombies locked up and then like make them compete for our entertainment almost like dogfight. I was just like this is not and then like that Maury Povich show like that woman <laughs> Trisha was clear that is a real show apparently in Britain. Oh, yeah. So yeah. she was like, oh I love him and you're just like honey what is hat like she's a, she's like my husband's a zombie. Do you go to bed with it? And I was just like this is insane. <laughs> this is insane. But I totally loved it totally feels real because like our memory as a collective peoples is like so slow that I feel like even though COVID is still really not over people are like oh everything's fine right we can just like go back to normal and like this feels even more real I feel like before when I probably watched this the first time I was like how is not everyone just like crying and having PTSD the whole time but you're witnessing it right now it's like nope we're very resilient to just be like i'm just gonna ignore that this was a problem and then just go back to doing the same thing and as I said like literally no one grows no one changes and I guess the only difference is Sean takes sugar in his tea I noticed that and (laughs) and that was it (laughs) and his apartment looks really nice because his girlfriend at the beginning of the movie is like we never spend time together because you have your roommate and I have my roommates and I just want to spend alone time with you and it's like well now that all our roommates are dead we can live together and (laughs) we can spend all this quality time together and they're literally doing like Very homebody things, like they're not doing romantic things. It's like let's get the paper and then go to the pub. And I was like, wow, this is pretty much Sean's dream. It's almost like is he going to wake up and be like, oh, this was all a dream because this is the only way I'm going to get my girlfriend back? Is if there's an zombie apocalypse? I was like, crazy.
1: But then he's getting the best of both worlds because then he can go out into the shed with Ed and play video games.
2: Okay, I have a question for you guys. I thought for some reason, and, and maybe this was my like weird brain, the first time I watched it, and even this time, I was like, does the girlfriend know that he's in the shed or is he hiding him?
0: I think she knows. Oh, okay, it's like See, I thought she didn't know. <laughs> I think she knows because okay. their bromance always took priority. Yeah. And she also lied with him about everybody being dead. And when he's like, I'm going to the shed. And she's like, yeah, okay, have a great day. And he's like, Yeah, 10 minutes. She's like, yeah, sure. So I think he's still playing her second fiddle to his dead friend, dead Ed in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I was thinking it was like, oh my God, she's like totally
2: not aware that there's a zombie. But then I realized, oh, clearly it's not faux pod Again, like chain up these yeah. zombies and keep them for your amusement because we just saw a whole like video reel about how everyone's doing that and then it's like oh Nick Frost was doing that orangutan impression the whole movie and now he's pretty much like a a dumb orangutan monkey just gonna like perform for him he's like I'm not your monkey and it's like I guess you kind of are, because now you'll just play video games with me whenever I want. (laughs) Yeah. kind of, I don't know, it was very like, wow, this is kind of deeper than I remember it being. Again, probably COVID lens that I'm adding to it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get spicy with some hot takes. Uh, (laughs) Lucy, you go first.
2: Yeah, I mean, I sort of already started to touch on this, but I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by... The emotional depth and like just how grounded a lot of the moments in this film were like I, again simon Pegg is crying so many times and it felt earned like having to kill his mom like talking about not killing his mom you know being in denial about killing his mom whether he should or shouldn't uh you know the stepdad i mentioned before and then you know of course ruined with just the single word of gay but the nick frost mm-hmm. goodbye i thought was yeah so sweet and yeah it's one of those moments where you're like you have a great movie here and then there are just some really crappy moments that kind of undercut the heartfeltness of it um yeah i was just i was very impressed i think again horror gets a bad rap for like bad acting and so i was Mm -hmm. like and maybe it's just because it's also all british people they're all stars and they're
0: like you know bring in their a-game yeah (laughs) Yeah, like this cast was phenomenal and I would have never thought they would be here. Like if you were like, okay, Bill Nye, <laughs> Lucy Davis, I'm gonna right? walk into a zombie comedy horror," I'd like, you're a liar. Um, <laughs> well, Lucy Davis clearly likes her spooky stuff. She's like, oh, I'll do Sabrina now. So clearly she was like, I'm into it. <laughs> and she's so good at it. And so I'm happy that she does it, but also like could clearly be winning awards for doing things that people will watch because we know how people feel about of horror genre when it comes to award season, but that is a different hot take that I have every episode. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: My hot take for this episode is, I, I see this movie celebrated a ton and so many of my friends legitimately love it. And I think the fact that people kind of glaze over the issues that we've discussed today is another reason we need more women of color critics discussing these films because like, if you don't talk about it alongside the things that it's doing right, then how will we ever get things to be better? Like I just saw A Quiet Place 2 last night and I'm a little bit pissed at John Krasinski right now um, because he apparently doesn't know how to work with black people. And so I, you have to talk about the good and the bad. Otherwise you're just like giving them all this praise. and like, I'm fine. And it's like, you're not though. You're, yeah. Your movie has a sickness <laughs> yeah. and we can talk about it now and you can do better the next time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, my hot take. So while this still probably is not my favorite film of all time, I am glad that I forced myself to watch it for the show because when it first came out, and granted, when I was younger I was a little even more like uh snooty about like horror comedies. It's like, oh you can't watch that um it's probably very really stupid but uh, <laughs> so i didn't watch this because of that but now i'm glad i did it was a lot better than i thought it would be but yeah I, the issues that we spoke about today and the fact that you know british comedy just isn't my number one thing um still not my favorite but better than i thought it was going to be and i'm glad that i can now say that i've seen it so people can't be like well if you haven't seen it then you can't have an opinion yeah yeah <laughs> Fix that.
2: Yeah, you can show them, be like, I have seen it. Honestly, I've I'm impressed that like you guys have it that there are horror movies that you haven't seen. It seems like again, I was looking at like your back catalog of the podcast and I was like, I've not heard of like
0: a good portion of these movies. <laughs> like, like any given year, there's hundreds of horror movies that come out, whether or not America talks about them or not. Yes. A lot of them are different countries or a lot of them are like indie or whatnot. And so it's hard. Like I My goal is to pick a year and make sure I see every movie in that year, which will still be a feat. (laughs) And I don't know when I'll start that. Um, Just because again, like many, 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 and it's been around forever. And so it's just, it's hard because I've been watching these since I was a baby and I, there's still ones I'm like, oh, that was around in the nineties and I missed it. Like I have a Twitter thread right now asking for black final femmes who lived and there's movies I didn't know existed until yesterday when I asked this question. (laughs) It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like what? <laughs> well because yeah budget wise like it seems like I'm sure you
2: guys talked about this like it's either you know 300 million dollar movies or they're like, ooh, horror movies, you can do like one or two million and it will yes. always make money. Um, yeah. Which I wonder how you guys feel about that because I know at least some of my real hardcore horror fans are like, yeah, that just means that then they, they don't put a lot of thought into it or they're just like, oh, the dumb horror fans will just eat this up. And you're like, well, no, we want good stuff. We don't just want anything. Like,
0: <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of the bigger budget ones are missing what makes horror fans happy because they're like, it's pretty, it's CGI. Yay, we love to bed. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like a lot of the indie filmmakers... I'm saying a lot. I don't actually know the numbers on that. So some of the indie filmmakers (laughs) are actual horror fans who understand what we, what makes us happy and what we're willing to let go. Um, We will suspend disbelief if things are being made by hand because that's hard. Tacticals are always cooler. Like I watched the thing twice because I'm about to do a live thing in a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, I watched the thing twice this weekend because since I was a kid and like, Knowing that it's made up of like food and crap, as opposed to we'll just put a green screen on him, that makes it cool and it adds to the atmosphere and makes it like even spookier because it has to take time to do the thing, but it's not taking time because of bad pacing so much as this is a practical. We yeah. have to turn an avocado into an exploding head. Bear with us. Yeah, that's right. and that's sexy. That's yeah, cool. honestly, like, and I, uh,
2: I would be interested if we can even talk offline of like what you would suggest as far as like, uh, again, there are so many horror movies and I feel like some of them are like super gross and like Saw kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit because I'm like, oh, I'm so queasy. But like, I would love to, pick your brain about like ones that you recommend for like novice horror people who are like i like thrillers but i don't want to be like grossed out and feel sick to my stomach but yeah yes yeah. we gotcha
1: <laughs> for sure for sure oh and one thing i would just add to the big budget horror movies i don't think that they yeah. make those for the horror fans they make those for the high school kids and that are like i gotta go see the new and try to be scared you know take my girlfriend yeah. and hold her you know they don't. They don't make them for us. They make them for them, and so they're very hit or miss. Past that, and yeah, there's just not a lot of artistry in that.
0: They're going for names and spectacle. It's like it's like um, Phantom of the Opera as opposed to Cabaret. Hmm. Nobody walks out of film with the opera. Well, none of my friends, anyways. It's <laughs> like real of theater yeah, so they yeah. like, I'm fulfilled. So They're like, the chandelier fell and she could hit these notes. Whereas Cabaret, people are like, I had a damn good time. I sat on stage, this, this, and that other thing. And it's, it, it, there are two different modes. And like, I, I watch a little bit of both because like, it's hard to critique things if you're not watching a little bit of both but I am usually underwhelmed by a lot of the ones that are more mainstream, big budget, um, right. there's also not a lot of opportunity there for women directors and writers and <laughs> people of color in general yeah. um, because it's, it's, it's a big budget so they don't care about conversations they don't care who's being seen and heard they're just like this is what it is we're gonna yeah. put kelly Rowland in this bad wig and her and robert england are gonna insult each other in horrible awful ways and oh, we'll God. play with somebody else later because yeah. freddie versus jason must happen because that's art <laughs> so-
1: yeah, no, and, and and my comments earlier were not to you know disregard every high budget mainstream horror film, but there are those that I love, that I've seen that I really enjoyed. And but I just mean on the whole, do we really need Saw twenty eight? Like, do we really need yeah. a remake, another remake of something, something, something? So yeah. anyway. But, no, there's
0: so many, there's so many filmmakers who've been working with so little that I would love to see them get those budgets for once. Because if they can do this with like 2000000 million, I'm saying just $2 million, like I've ever had a million dollars in my right? whole entire lifetime. Like, I'm <laughs> well, um, talking uh, Hollywood terms. We yeah. know that's just like, you know, chump change or like, whatever. Listen, <laughs> if, if you can entertain me for $2 million, by calling a couple of close friends <laughs> and just having a good script, then exactly. of course I want you to have a few hundred million and see what you could do with that. Because I feel like you wouldn't just like waste it on like random CGI effects. You would be like, here's the proper amount of CGI you expect from me, but also we're still gonna give you a really cool story and we're gonna get you some actors who are not just in my friend circle because we can afford to pay them what yeah. they will be willing to read the script for. And I would, I would, there's a short list of directors I would love to see get a big budget movie just would do with it. Yeah. And maybe it'd be awful. Maybe they'd be like, I didn't know to do with money so I lost my shit or maybe they would be like I made four movies you're welcome yeah (laughs) four for the price of one you're like yes
2: please yeah honestly
0: I feel like again
2: like I'm such a novice but I remember watching do you guys did you remember Slender Man when that was like a YouTube series like that scared the shit out of me I was so scared and I assumed that was just like some kid's futzing around almost like Blair Witch styled making that. And I was like, and then I heard obviously when they sold it or whatever, it didn't quite translate I think into a big budget movie, but just, you don't need a big budget. Like clearly, I don't know, clearly, I mean, you guys know the the Blair Witch Project was literally kids listen sit and listen to this idea of there was no internet. People were just like, word of mouth oh there's this movie Blair Witch and it's a true story and then people were like well we have to go to the theaters because there's no way that we can (laughs) learn anything else about this movie and people were scared
0: shitless because they were like this is real even though it It was a wild time back then because people believed anything and now most of us will look at our phones and check the internet and a lot of people won't but most of us are like I don't buy this hold please yeah Nah, that's not nah, it. Nah. Yeah, Google, nah.
2: Wikipedia, girl, help me out. And then, like, yeah, back then we just trusted our friends not to like just want to scare us. Or <laughs> clearly, Trent's move it seems like is to invite someone to a scary movie. So you can be like, yeah, you can hold my hand during. Right, the
1: exactly. Part. Yeah. <laughs> that's like,
0: when, 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 when the move yeah. isn't this terrifying? Yeah. If the Care Bears go to Mars,
1: <laughs>
0: Trent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, all right. Uh, again, thank you so much, Lucy, for joining us.
2: Thank you, guys. This was fun.
1: Thank you, everyone, for listening. Oh, wait, one thing that we forgot up top. Lucy, do you have any social media handles you want to share with our listeners?
2: Sure, yeah. Um, I'm Samp It Up on Twitter and Instagram. That's uh, my last name, S-A-M is in Mary, P is in Peter. Um, so, yeah, if you want to see what books I'm reading or just cute pictures of my dog, uh, come check me out. <laughs> Uh, and hit me up let me know if you guys have suggestions for me for good horror movies as i said i'm definitely not as knowledgeable as as trent and Sheree, but i am
0: enthusiastic and love movies so i always love recommendations (laughs) it's an adorable dog and i will be sending you um two horror comedies i actually do like which is hard to find for me as we all know
1: But yes, again, thank you so much, Lucy. And thank you to everyone for listening. Make sure you stay fierce out there.
0: Bye. Later.